0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up and turn with me. To 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to go back to our story that I began last week and I want to take just some time here today to talk about the first miracle that Elisha performs after he receives the mantle that falls to him from Elijah. And so we're going to go back to 2 Kings chapter 2 beginning in verse 19 through verses 22 and I want to read that to you as we get started today. 2 Kings chapter 2 Starting in verse 19, it says, Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord can see. But the water is bad, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water, cast in the salt there, and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water, from it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Today I want to preach to you a new bowl and a little salt. Would you help me pray this morning Father I thank you that you are here in this house today God that you have come into this place to speak life to each and every person in the room that God you have come to anoint us and equip us so that we in turn could go out into a darkened world, a dead world, a barren world and that we could resurrect new life into it God that we could cause barren places to be fruitful again. Lord we thank you that God your anointing is upon this service and upon every mind, heart, and and soul to receive what you have spoken or what you are going to speak today in this place. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. 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 This miracle shows us that the power of His resurrection has the power to take barren and wasted places and make them new and fruitful again. Barren and wasted places, places that have ceased to provide, places that have ceased to produce, places that have ceased to provide any kind of fruitfulness around them. God says, I can take those places and I can make them new again. Where is the water bad and the ground barren for you? Think about it this morning. Where is the water bad and the ground barren for you? Ever since Josh and Carolyn have got here, They have complained constantly about the water in Burt Burnett. So so for them, the water is just bad to drink here. Well, it is a little disconcerting when you uh, pour water into a bowl and there's a white film floating on top of it. I don't know what that's about. Where is the water bad and the ground barren for you? Because I wouldn't wager... To bed, that probably in this place that every one of us, as we go and we evaluate our lives and we look into the different aspects of our lives, the different areas that we, uh, that we have life in, that there's probably some places that are just not producing. There's probably some just some barren places there. Because here's what the Lord wants you to see in the passage today, is that what the Lord wants us to know and take hold of today is that regardless of where those places are, There is some resurrection power that flows in you to reverse its effects. You don't have to settle for wasted things. You don't have to settle for barren places. God says today, there is resurrection power available from me, to you, through you, to reverse the effects of that barrenness and cause that bad water to be good again and those barren places to begin to produce again. You have the power in you through Christ Jesus to make this blessed, fruitful, and good. So whether it is spiritual, whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, mental, or whether it is social, regardless, if the ground is barren and the water is bad, God says it doesn't have to stay that way. Do you hear me this morning? We are so guilty about settling for the reality around us this is what i've known for the last several months or several years this is the way my life has been listen that's what the enemy wants you to settle for but god has a better thing for you god has spoken a better environment over you god has spoken a better word over you god died so that you could have better things in your life don't you dare settle for what god died to free you from what god rose from the dead to free you from you have that power in you to change those things when we have a sickness or we have a challenge or we have a financial problem a lot of times we just settle in that that this is just me This is just my circumstance. This is just where I am. And I've come to tell you today that it doesn't have to be where you are. It doesn't have to be where you stay. That God died so that you could have something better in your life than what you currently have. Amen. The men of Jericho, they've been like this for years, if you study it out. They go to Elisha and say, these are the facts. The ground is barren and the water is bad. Elisha, however, does not submit to the facts. Rather, what he does is he activates his faith and he lets his faith in the truth recreate the reality the men face. So my first point that I want to make to you is this, that faith is the difference maker in your situation. Faith is the difference maker for your situation. It may look this way today, but by faith it can change for tomorrow. It can begin to change instantly as you begin to speak faith and walk in faith in that situation. Because here is the reality. Facts do not defeat truth. Facts do not defeat truth. Faith is greater than the facts. Truth is defined by God, and although the facts may be the facts... God has given you a truth that reigns supreme to those facts. I'm not suggesting today, like many people will teach and preach, that we ought to just ignore the facts around us. I'm not saying that if you have cancer today, that you deny the fact that you have cancer. That's a fact. But what I'm saying to you is that you don't settle in the fact that you reach up to a higher plane and you grab hold of the, the truth that God has spoken in that situation. And He has said that I have healed you in the name of the Lord. That's the truth that speaks against the facts and reigns supreme to it. Are you hearing me today? Denial doesn't get you to where you need to be. And so many times, we pre- even preachers are bad about preaching denial. We need to take hold of where we are, but we need to also say, I'm not staying where I am. This may be the truth about my life. This may be the facts about my life. But God's truth says it doesn't have to remain this way and doesn't have to be this way. Faith is the difference maker for your situation. Because, because of the power of His resurrection flowing through you, you stand outside of and in a superior position to the world. Let me say it again. Because of the power of his resurrection, because of resurrection power flowing through you, because of your relationship with Christ Jesus and the authority that he's invested in you, although the facts may be the facts around you, you reign in a position that is superior to those facts and you can live outside of the the effects of those facts because of what God has created for you through his resurrection. God had died to give you victory. God died to bring you out of the bondage of sin. He died so that you didn't have to live under the curse of death anymore, but you can live under the law of life and liberty. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. You have to see yourself in that reality. You may see some facts about your life, but the truth is you are, you are standing outside of and in a superior position to those facts. Whatever those facts that you may face, I've come to tell you today that God has a truth that is greater than those facts. It may be a fact that you're struggling in some areas of your life. It may be a fact that you don't have enough money to pay your bills. But there is a truth that God has spoken that changes the facts in your circumstance and makes them for His glory. It may be a fact today that you have cancer But the truth is, by His stripes you are healed. It may be a fact today that you are clinically depressed, bipolar, manic-depressive, but the truth is, according to Isaiah 55 and 12, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace, according to Habakkuk 3.18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. It may be a fact that you are facing divorce, but God says what I have joined together, let no man put asunder. It may be a fact that the community seems to be falling, going to hell in a hand handbasket and morality may be out the window but the truth is according to Isaiah 61 and 11 the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations the facts may be the facts but there is a truth that is superior to the facts that you're facing in your life come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise those may be the facts but they do not defeat truth faith is greater Faith is greater and the key, the key is what will you invest your faith in? What will you invest your faith in? Because your faith gives the power to what you invested in. Listen to me. If you invest your faith in the facts, the facts will become your truth. But if you invest your faith in the truth, the truth will become your facts. Amen, that's good stuff. I'm going to read it to you again. If you invest your faith in the facts, the facts will become your truth. But if you invest your faith in the truth, the truth will become your facts. Amen. The water is bad and the ground is barren, but not for long. It's not staying that way. I sense a change is coming. 2 Kings verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 20 says, And he, speaking of Elisha, said, Bring me a new bowl. Bring me a new bowl. What the world needs today is a new vessel. Elisha has his beginning in Jordan. It's in the cross. He is rooted in his experience of Calvary. His power is in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. His authority is in the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon his life. And his vessel that God uses is a new vessel. It's a new bowl. The world needs a new vessel today. Your situation may demand a new vessel. My second point I want to make today is that an old you can't get you into new life. An old you can't get you into new life. And this is what your situation demands often, is that if you keep trying to create a new world and create a new situation and create a new reality, but continually try to do it with an old you, you're going to fall short. You know why marriages end in divorce? It is a refusal to become new vessels throughout the marriage. The reason marriages end in divorce is not because finances, not because communication breakdown. It's because the two parties refuse to become new vessels and, become, and refuse to merge into one vessel over a long period of time. The reason that we don't experience financial breakthrough a lot of times in our lives is because we're trying to do things in our old selves. We're just doing what we've always known. We're not letting God create any new ideas, not letting God create any new paradigms of thought, we're not letting God create any new opportunities, we're, not, we're just standing by in the same old things, doing the same old ways, and we're wondering why we don't get any new results. Einstein says this a little bit different, but this is my take on it, is that you can't expect a new outcome and a new situation operating in the same old mindset and the same old ways that you've always operated in. The new change in your life can't come from the same old person that got you into the mess to begin with. And so I need some transformation that is ongoing in my life. I need God constantly putting me on the potter's wheel and molding me and making me and shaping me and equipping me and changing my my ways so that I can embrace what He's trying to do new in my life. Well, Pastor, this is just who I am. This is who I've always been. This is what I'll always be. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. What lie have we believed that this kind of mindset has any biblical foundation? Because everywhere I read in the scripture, I see how God is taking us from glory to glory. How he is taking us into deeper places. He is growing us, he is molding us, he is shaping us, he is equipping us, he is changing the way we think about things. There's not an apostle in the Bible who started out the same way they ended. Every one of them went through major transformations in their life. Why? Because God was moving them into new truths and deeper understanding and new places so that He could give them more of His kingdom. We, we, we fail... And we make mistakes because we just stay ingrained in what we've always known and what we've always been. And we need a change in our life. And old you is never going to take you into new life. Yes, yes, we accept you for who you are. But I don't have to accept you for what you've always been. We accept one another for who we are today. But we're not going to stay that way forever. We need to be changing and growing and adapting. God calls us to grow. Growth means change. Change demands some newness flourishing in our lives. The miraculous cannot happen and will not happen in an old vessel. It demands a new vessel. Old creation can accomplish the miraculous in a new covenant And our experience at Calvary, our resurrection to new life, the authority in the anointing demands a new vessel, a new bowl. The new bowl is us as a new creation in Christ Jesus. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. With this scripture, we often see this new creation as a one-time happening. But I would believe, and I say to you this morning, that this is a process that needs to be repeated on a regular basis. I need God to recreate me throughout my life. I need Him to teach me some new things throughout my life. I need Him to make me into a new vessel throughout my life. And this new creation has to be a process that is repeated over and over and over again. What your marriage needs is a new you. What your finance need is a new you. What, what your children need to recognize a relationship that you have with God is a new one. That there's something new and different in your life. They need to see some transformation over a period of time. God never, never stops working on us. He is always making us into, a new, and, into new and better vessels. Why? Because everything that demands a miracle demands a new vessel. God, I've got to expect you to recreate me if I expect to be used by you to do some new things. Why would God do new things in me if I'm the same old, same old all the time? The new bowl that he talks about here is the new creation in Christ. This is our position. It is our relationship to the Lord. It is its foundation is in the cross. Its life and power is in the resurrection. Its authority is being led by the Holy Spirit. We are the vessel today through which it all travels, but God never puts new wine into old wineskins. He never puts new life, new power, new anointing into old things. He puts it into new ones. Luke 5.37 says this, it says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And verse 39 says, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, The old is better. My goodness, does that not speak to where we are? I don't want to be new. The old is better. I'm not adapted to the new. I'm not adapted to all this change. And we're resistant to growth and we're resistant to change. Why? Because we're accustomed to what we've always been. We get settled in it and we're happy with it. And I'm, I don't have to recreate myself. I don't have to stretch myself. I don't have to be different in any area. I can just be the same old me. And it doesn't take any pressure. There's no pressure in that. It doesn't take any, any capacity, any, any strength, any growing... It doesn't take anything, and so we always say, the old is better. But God wants to do some new things. God wants to do some new things in you. God wants to do some new things in me. As life carries on, I don't know about you, but I get tired of just the mundane uh, things of life, where it's just the same old thing over and over and over again. I want some newness in, in life. New things are the spice of life, right? And so we want to experience that. Jesus is saying, look, we naturally will remain stuck in old ways, but we have to be led by the Spirit into some new ways. In the new creation, there lies a new anointing. There lies a new mindset. There lies a new perspective. There lies new blessings. And there lies a new situation for us to experience. An old you is not going to get you into new life. We need a new bowl." Let's read on to verse 20. It says, and he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. The vessel is, is a new me and you. The salt is is that that means that God works in our life. The way that God accomplishes change, the way that God influences change through us is through the saltiness of our lives. That salt is the means by which the power and the anointing of God is demonstrated on a regular basis. It is the saltiness of our lives that resurrection power is demonstrated. It is by the saltiness of our lives that circumstances begin to change. And the last point this morning is that you have to release the change you want to see. Salt is that preservative. And I talked about this a little bit last week. It stands against death and corruption. It stands in opposition to the natural law and curse of death. The saltiness in us is the means... God uses to redeem dead situations. It is the saltiness in us that God uses to take bad water and barren places and make them good again in our circumstance. So what I'm saying to you in just a very practical sense this morning is that you have to identify where the death is in every situation and just put some salt into the situation. Rub some salt into the situation. For instance, in, when we're talking about marriage, in your marriage, if communication is where the death is, then you've got to pray about that. You have to have faith that with God's help, you can make it better, and you have to make sure that your communication is godly. It doesn't you have to be the change that you and release that change into the environment. What we want to do in those situations is we want to pray about everybody else's behavior and not address our own. And God says you can't do anything about anybody else's behavior. You can't change anybody's mindset. You can't make them do better. All you can to do anything different is is try to guilt them into something or make them feel bad about it or just reprimand them into it. But that doesn't take. And it may last a little while, but it's not going to last for a long period of time. And it certainly is not going to produce transformation. The only person that you can work transformation really in is your own life. And so you have to let God do the work in you and then release that work into the environment. Let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. If my job is a filthy environment, because I hear this from people all the time, you don't, Pastor, you just would not believe the environment that I work in. Yeah, I would. I would believe it. I've worked in some of those environments and I know exactly what you're talking about. There are some filthy environments that people have to work in. And all I ever hear, Pastor, is, is corrupted talk, death being spoken, negativity flourishing, and the environment is perverse. So what I'm going to do, if I'm in that environment, is I'm going to pray first. You've got to lead with prayer. Because prayer makes your mind right. It sets you in the right frame of mind to do what God insets, sets you up for sensitivity to what He's saying to you. And so I'm going to pray first. I'm going to ask God to help me. I'm going to ask God to direct that. I'm going to walk into that place full of faith. Because what we do is, these are the facts. My environment is terrible. So I, instead of walking in in faith, I walk in accepting those facts. Oh boy, I hope I can just avoid. Or I just hope that I don't have to hear. Or I just hope that I don't have to get caught into. That's walking in fear. That's, walk, that's not walking in faith. We go into those places full of faith. God has placed me here. God has equipped me for this position that I'm currently resting in. God can put me here and God has put me here for a purpose. And then I be the change that I want to see in that environment. I'm going to work redemption in every conversation. When I'm there and that starts up, I'm going to redirect. I'm going to turn that thing. I'm going to release the anointing of God in my life and I'm either going to do one of two things. I'm going to bring them around or I'm going to make them so convicted that they walk away. Either way, the presence of God is going to be released into the scene and in the situation. I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to go in under the anointing of God and the resurrection power and I'm going to go in full of faith believing I can influence this situation. That's why I say to you that you have to release the change you want to see. It's not always enough just to be the change you want to see. Because just because we're godly doesn't mean we're influencing the situation to a godly one. You have to release your anointing into the situation. You have to release the power of God into the situation. You can't always just be that. You've also got to work that. And you've got to release it around you. It's not enough to always just be the change. You have to release the change. You have to influence, influence the environment. In every situation, say with me every every situation every situation I have the power to change it and redeem it in every situation Jesus didn't partially die so we could partially have victory right he died and completed it all so that we could always have victory and so in every situation I have the power to change it and redeem it I start with my foundation which is in the cross I have been redeemed and I can see that the world is also redeemed. I go in the power of His resurrection. I have been brought to new life and I can now bring new life. My authority is in the anointing that God has placed on me. Now listen to me. My placement, wherever I'm at, speaks of my anointing. Do you hear me? I said, my placement speaks of my anointing. You're in that job not because God's mad at you, but because God has great faith in you. God believes in you. And He believes that He has imparted to you the anointing that you need to change that situation. God wants to redeem it, but He's not redeeming it aside from you. He's redeeming it through you. Amen. Amen. It's through you. Well, Pastor, I just want out. Well, listen, do the work of Calvary there, and God will probably move you on to somewhere else. When I worked in the oil field, it was a filthy environment. And I was, st- it still is, amen. And I was stuck in a trailer with some of the most perverse people on the planet. I mean, things that you could not even fathom. Matter of fact, after I think about it, I'll probably have to go home and take a shower just because of that kind of environment. Just filth. But every time I would go into those places... I did not compromise who I was. I did not verbally tell them that I was a preacher or called by God, a Christian. I didn't say any of those things. I didn't have to. I would go in praying and just being the difference in the situation. And I would release the anointing of God every time I had a chance to. I never got invited to go to the places that they went to after work. Not because they didn't like me. I promise, it's not because they didn't like me but because they knew that wasn't who I was. They knew I was somebody different. And every time, after a period of time, they would come to me and say, are you some kind of preacher or something? Are you you a Christian or something? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. And that's an open door that they opened. I didn't try to pry doors open. You guys really shouldn't be watching that. You guys really shouldn't be talking about that. You guys really shouldn't be doing that. When they talk to me about that stuff, I redirected. Hey, what about those Seahawks or Dallas Cowboys or whatever? You know, it's redirecting, putting the conversation, and I was the influencer in the environment and refused to be anything else. You need to refuse to be anything else but the influencer in your environment. You set the tone. You decide the environment. You decide the atmosphere. You decide who and what happens in that place to the best of your ability. But it takes faith and walking in with confidence and the authority of God to do that. But you can redeem any situation because God has placed you there for that purpose. Amen. The vessel for change is the new me. So, what newness do I need to do the job that God has called me to? I just may need a new mindset. I may need a new approach. I may need a new attitude. I may need a new language. Some of it can just be rectified by the way we speak about our environments. If I'm sick, I don't want anybody telling me I'm sick all the time, I don't want somebody telling me the outcome of my sickness. If if I'm struggling, I don't want to hear about how I'm struggling. You have to make sure that you influence the environment and the speech, and sometimes that means separating yourself from people who just don't get it. Where do I need something new in my life? In my thinking, in my approach, what? And then finally, the means by which God changes the circumstances—always the salt in my life. He says, "I, you are salt." And you are light. I am always standing against corruption in the authority of Christ and in the resurrection power of Christ. Verse 21, as I close, Amber, would you come? It says then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there. Went to the source and cast in the salt there. Go to the source of the problem. Influence the influencer. There's always one that influences the environment for a negative so there can always be one who influences the environment for a positive you be the one that influences for a positive go to the source and cast the salt in there some of the people who have been the most hateful difficult people to deal with in my life when I have at times operated in the anointing of God which has not always been the case but when I have Oftentimes, God will bring them around, and they become friends to me. And together, we change the environment. God wants us to go to the source and cast the salt in there. He says, Elisha, and then said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness, so the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha which he spoke. He went to the source, cast in the salt, And declared the outcome he wanted to see. His faith made a claim on God's reputation. And when God's reputation is on the line, you can be sure that he will always vindicate his reputation. He will always redeem the work of Calvary. Verse 22 says, The water remained healed to this day according to the word of who? of Elisha, which he spoke. That same power that Elisha used to heal those waters is the very same power that can operate in you today. Stand in that place of anointing. Speak faith into those situations and expect a different outcome. Faith is the difference maker. A new you is required for a new situation and you have to release that change that you want to see. A new bowl with a little salt in it has power to change any dead situation to one with some life. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 train, If you would like to support vain, the various ministries at the river... Please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burgrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you oh, to come experience life with us after Till I found myself face down on your shoulder.